welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs with ADHD. We speak to successful business owners and industry experts to bring you the best tips and insights to help you launch and scale your business. Stick with us and we'll give you actionable steps that you can take right now that will get results. This podcast is hosted by Dan Gizane, founder of entrepreneur.com and owner of Hoxo Creative, the web agency that helps your business stand out and get results. Now on to the show with your host, Dan Gizane. Hey, this is episode 10 of the Entrepreneur Podcast, and today I'm chatting to Shane Riley. Shane is a WordPress expert, he's a speaker, a blogger, a web designer, and an agency owner, as well as being a cool surfer dude and a dad. So Shane runs Lonely Viking, the agency he founded and now co-owns, and he created probably one of the best agency logos around. If you want to check it out, take a look at LonelyViking.com and look at that amazing logo. Shane took some time out of the day to, to have a little chat to me about what he's been up to, what he's doing, how he started getting into business in the first place and how having a partner in business really helps him with staying on track and getting things done. So hopefully you'll find this useful. Okay. Cool. Right, how are you Shane? You all right? Yeah, doing good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Good to catch up Sweet, with you. man. Yeah. So, oh, we've got the t-shirt on today as well. Yeah, that's cool. Is that a new <laughs> Representing. one? Representing? Uh, no, I had it had it for a while. Uh, yeah, we need to get some more done though. They're brilliant. I love the hat. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Did it take you long to find a uh, a guy to to embroider that? So to get no, it there's a, out like there's that a, as well. No, there's a company here in South Africa that does. They specialize in caps, so you can basically get any kind of cap you want from them. As and the pricing's really reasonable as well, so it's yeah, cool. It looks brilliant. I've got Thanks. my T-shirt at the minute, right? I sent it off to um, the embroidery guys. Oh, nice. And when I sent them the, the transparent PNG, I chucked it on a black background. So they kind of put oh, a black yeah. background onto it. I, like, I oh, see no. that. I yeah, see that. <laughs> they ruined it. But normally, I've done it for years with them as a... Uh, as a side thing for like friends businesses yeah. and stuff i send it off to this embroidery guy that i know and he gets it digitized there's never been an issue ever until i go spend money on my own t-shirt the on first your time own <laughs> oh, man that but, sucks but like that i just just wear it around the house it's fine but yeah but yeah it could be good so um i wanted to chat obviously i've been stalking you on the internet anyway i've been looking around google and <laughs> i've read all sorts i found your your personal website as well and oh uh, yeah so some really old interviews i found all sorts of bits so I've obviously read your story, Ooh. but I wanted to talk about kind of like what brought you to where you are now and kind of what you did and how you got into business in the first place, because it is, it's really okay. interesting. So um, if we, we start off talking about like how you got into, after leaving school, what what did you first do as a business? Um, so as I left school, I started a job as a, um, like a trainee property valuer. So I was at a property valuation firm that did quantity surveying and stuff. Um, and I did that for a year to, uh, I was going to do that as a, as a career, but, um, it was like the most boring thing on earth. It was terrible, man. And so I decided by like the February of that year, I started at the start of the year. I, um, I basically decided I, I want to do my own thing. I'm going to start, um, like a surf clothing brand. And so I was still living um, at home with my mother at the time, 
And so I, I took the salary that I made at that business and I basically saved all of it for the rest of the year. And then at the end of that year, I started my, my clothing brand. And uh, I did that for about 10 years. So I was like making um, like T-shirts and bodies and hoodies and stuff, you know. Um, it was pretty cool. Oh, wow. So that was my first business. That's where I like I, I learned graphic design and um, I, I'm basically self-taught. Like everything that I've that I've done is I've just learned how to do it. You know, I don't have any qualifications really or anything. That was the best way, anyway. Definitely, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've, I've watched some of your uh, Photoshop tutorials as well. So, oh, cool. So I've, I've literally picked up a HTML book years ago and then started from there. But like, I don't. Yeah don't do much with graphics so like i've watched your photoshop tutorials obviously some oh, of your videos cool. they're a bit you... old yeah but they're really cool they're really helpful more. yeah yeah thank you so where uh, did you learn much from from doing that business obviously like when you when you start out did you make a few mistakes there uh, and kind of bring it into your new business yeah definitely i learned heaps um i mean i did everything in that business so my mother's really good at sewing and stuff so uh she helped me uh to create like patterns for the clothing and stuff. And I actually ended up setting up my own factory. So I got some machines and uh, seamstresses and stuff, set up a little factory and we actually made all the stuff ourselves. So um, I did everything from like graphic design to uh, dealing with um, suppliers and um, dealing with customers, I even learned how to fix industrial sewing machines so that I wouldn't have to pay the guy who came to fix them, you know, like I, I learned screen printing, I uh, had my own screen printing set up. I was just like, I don't know, I, I learned so much in that business um, uh, just from like all the things I, I learned how to do, but just from business as well, you know. I had some partners in that business eventually and that didn't end well. So I learned a lot about that side of things as well, you know. Um, but yeah, it was really valuable. I think most of what I, I know now, I still learned in those first 10 years, I guess. Cool. Yeah. And then what happened with, obviously you're, you're into surfing anyway, but what happened with kind of going forward and moving into web and what happened in between that? Okay. So I'd probably been doing that business about six or seven years. Yeah. About seven years. And then I met my wife and, uh, we decided to get married so like as a young single guy, I um it was it was super easy to to live that like you know that sort of feast and famine lifestyle. Um, uh, my my clothing business wasn't like wildly successful, but it was enough for me to survive, you know. But when I got married, it was kind of like okay, I need to I need to up the income here, and so I started to take on clients uh, for graphic design, and um. And so I was doing logos and then my wife and I did video production. We did uh, like wedding wedding videos and uh, videos for like government events and stuff. So we started a second business doing the design and video stuff. And the way I got into web was um, I had one client that I was doing a logo for and then he asked me, hey, do you do websites? And I was like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I had no idea how to do websites, but I, I figured um, it was a good good time to like pivot into something like websites were were still kind of new at the time. And so, um, like kind of everybody needed one. So I thought to myself, well, that's going to be a a good way to get new business in more business and stuff, you know? So I, um, 
I said, yes, I can do that. And and uh, he was like, okay, cool. How much will you charge? And I, I quoted him and he signed off. And uh, I went onto Amazon and I bought some books. <laughs> I bought HTML, CSS and PHP book because he, he wanted this site to like gather email addresses and send out a newsletter and stuff. So I had to learn how to like have a database and, and uh, actually uh, do some some stuff. So I learned PHP, um, which I've since forgotten most of. <laughs> and then from there, from there, like I think when I was trying to find solutions for PHP, um, I eventually stumbled onto WordPress because it's built with PHP, you know, and then and that's how I got into the WordPress space. Um, but that's basically how I got started in web. And that was about 13 or 14 years ago, I think. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So, with uh, with WordPress and obviously getting your well, getting going from that first client, did you then do more and more websites? Was it kind of like slowly, or how long did it take you to move from obviously leaving the other business, getting married, and then right, this is where I'm going to go now. I'm going to. Did you yeah. did you just love building websites when you started doing it? Or? Um, I didn't really love it that much. I guess I <laughs> I still had the clothing business going, and that was what I really loved, but it just wasn't. It wasn't doing so well, and by that time, I had gotten the the partners, and they were um, pressuring me. Basically, what happened was um, the the surf clothing side of things was really slow to grow, and it's very capital intensive. You got to buy a whole bunch of stock, and then if you don't sell it, it's like you know cash flow was a real challenge. And so, we then to make extra money in that business, we would do like corporate clothing. So we would do like uh, print like big runs of t-shirts for like fun run races and uh, for like schools and stuff like that, which I hated. But um, the partners that I had, they wanted to see a return on their investment. So they were like, okay, we need to focus more on the corporate clothing side of things. And so like my, my vision for the surf uh, stuff started to die a little bit and so I, I kind of lost the heart for that business because it wasn't really what I wanted it to be so I was still running that um, <clears throat> but then I, I did I started to get more design and um, web clients in the other business so then because they were starting to be successful and I was like a bit like over the other stuff because of the way it was going I started to go more in that direction I start, we did flash websites as well because those were like a big deal then. And um, so I learned some action script and we, we did flash stuff. But the, the website stuff grew quite easily because I think at that time, especially here in South Africa, like we're a bit behind on technology. So everything gets here after the rest of the world. And uh, at that time, most people didn't have websites for their business. So then like in conversations, people would say, oh, you know, I need to get a website. And then if anyone who knew that you did websites, they would recommend you because there weren't many people doing it, you know. So that side of the business grew pretty quickly, um, which was great. But uh, the learning curve was steep. So, um, yeah, we were doing quite a lot of websites. And uh, then eventually we actually moved to London for two years. after When I closed the surf business, uh, we moved and lived in London for two years. Um, and I actually got a real job while I was there, <laughs> which was weird. And then, uh, after two years came back here and started up again. That's when I started under this new name, Lonely Viking. So, yeah. Well, when you, when you moved to London, did you work as a as web designer? Yeah, I worked as a web and graphic designer at a, 
like a niche travel agency. It's called Chili Sauce, and they they do us uh, hen and stag weekends. Yeah. So they know. organize like a uh, European travel uh, for for stag weekends and stuff. So I, I worked for them. I designed some ads for the FHM and worked on all their websites. They had a crazy SEO strategy. It was. Uh, they just had heaps of of websites, and that all like fed into their main website. It was yeah, you know, it was a lot of work. It was just a cool place to work, though. Cool guys uh, that worked there, yeah. Cool. So then, obviously, you went back. You started Lonely Viking. So, yeah. So, how did you come up with the name Lonely Viking? Because obviously, it's different from most web design agencies. And you look at the logo, and it's it's probably one of the best logos you'll see for a for a web agency. It is. Yeah cool as fuck if anyone's looking uh, but yeah but like, but like that how did you come up with that rather than go for something like shane riley web design or do you, do you know what i mean something a bit yeah more yeah, yeah yeah so um i don't know if if it's something to do with like coming out of the branding background of of like having a surf clothing label um but i, I remember getting back and then starting up again and and saying to my wife like i, I want to have a name that um, people will remember, you know. Uh, I don't want it to sound like every other business. And so I thought if it's a little bit obscure, that will make people ask questions, it will make them remember. And um, But I couldn't come up with anything, and I, and I was thinking of, uh, you know, like some of the – like my, my business before was called Farsighted Media Studios. And so I, I was like thinking, oh, if you say studios, it sounds bigger and that's cool. And like I was trying to come up with all those and I, um, I, nothing really felt right. And then one day I was driving in the car. So I, I have a – my heritage is, is a Scandinavian, uh, which you could probably see from looking at me. But um, so uh, because I was just starting this business by myself as a freelancer – for some reason, the name Lonely Viking just dropped into my head. Um, and and I thought, hey, that sounds cool. Like, it, it, it's got no meaning. It doesn't, like, you, you know, it's it's not obvious what, what it is when you hear it. Um, so I got home. I said to my wife, I thought of Lonely Viking. What do you think? She was like, that sounds so cool. And uh, then I asked a close friend, and he was like, that, that sounds really cool. And so just got a little bit of validation, and, and I went for it. And then like designing the logo was was quite a quick and easy process. Um, I don't know, it just kind of fell into place. So, so that's where the name came from. I like it because it's, uh, you know, uh, like now that we're a team, I have a business partner and we got about three people that work with us. Um, it doesn't make so much sense anymore, the lonely part, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's still. Uh, I think it's a catchy name and uh, it's good for branding. So it's great. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I, I had a friend, and I remember he started a uh, business. He's a mechanic. And when he moved into his yeah. own garage, he was, um, I'll show you the logo. He His name was, he wanted to be B13. I was like, oh, why do you want to call it that? And he had, he had a private registration years ago. His surname's Birrell, like, so it's B-I-R-R. Yeah. And he had this registration that didn't say anything like his name. It was B13R-R or something. So it didn't yeah. like his name, and he was. This was like when he was younger. So then he's like, "Well, I'm going to call it B13." It's like, "Why do you want to do that for your, for your garage?" And then he had this like graffiti logo that his like girlfriend drew. And I was like, "What? You're going to put that on your, your mechanic business? You're, I mean, he's going to put people off." But then all of a sudden, this logo. I had, I had it. I got some. Uh, I got used to work with me. 
converted it into like a digital format and we had it printed on clothing for him and stuff like that and I did his website years ago and put it up on yeah. a big sign and then all of a sudden you see all these cars driving around with his logo on it was like all these people wanted to wear it and obviously it's going to put people off which is good because he's not he's not yeah. just a standard business and it's kind of like yeah. looking at the effect of it as like <laughs> well my parents might not drop, go there or other people kind of that kind of age might not go there but all these young people are like wow look at that business and they look at it, they don't know what That's it is. Cool, yeah. And they sit and they start Googling it because all these cars are driving around with this sticker on all around this small town. And they're all Googling yeah. the name. And, I mean, they're all looking it up and they see it everywhere. And everyone wants to be involved then. And you see it everywhere. That's People put cool, yeah. pictures of their. I mean, you, you wouldn't get that with like a normal garage. No, you wouldn't. Like That's Dave, super cool. Dave's Autos. But yeah, yeah exactly. So, so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was really cool. And it, it does it make it shows how, how branding could play such a big part. It was obviously. Putting yeah. people off, but attracting the right people as well. Yeah, so, for sure. It's awesome. Did you find that having that kind of name, having like such a unique style, has that ever had any negative effect? Did it put people off? Has it lost your work? Uh, yeah, I, I, it's lost us work, I'm sure. But um, I think the most challenging bit was uh, even now, like people will see the caps and the T-shirts and they think it's a clothing apparel company which is like i don't know it's good and bad because um not many web agencies can do that you know they could have like a, a some clothing that people would want to wear just as a clothing brand which is cool but on the other hand sometimes like people will be like oh what what is that you know i, I get asked about the cap all the time wherever i go hey that cap's so cool i want to get one what is it and i say you know we we uh a web development agency or whatever, you know, and they're like, well, that doesn't really fit, <laughs> you know? So, so it, it, it plays both ways, I guess. Like it doesn't really fit, which, which gets us attention sometimes. And then when people do know what we do or we get referrals, it goes really well. But other times it's a bit of a challenge to explain to people what we do, you know? Um, so like some people want to, they want to work with a, an agency like that. That's like not, normal and the same you know and i guess uh, we do branding work as well so it works really well for that but when it comes to the the web and the my business partner is a software developer so we we now do uh, automations and software development as well when it comes to that side of things it's a bit difficult to explain but the um when it for the branding and stuff it works really well yeah and got to lead them back to having a business partner how, how did you yeah go about with that or how did you find someone to to come into the business and was it an easy decision to, to bring someone in oh man it was a super tough decision uh like i said in in my previous in the clothing business i had partners and that didn't end well so um that was a real challenge um when when i met my business partner his name's martin um he he, he was working in a in a big bank um as a software developer and uh, he was doing websites on the side. Um, and so uh, we just met through uh, church. And then um, we would often just talk about website stuff. And then um, I, I like helped him out with some easier, quicker ways to do things. And so he, he was really excited about that. So we started to talk more and we started to hang out. Um, and then eventually we kind of started to discuss, hey, we're both doing this. Why don't we like pool our resources and um 
And so that's how the discussion started. But the way we did it was for about 10 or 11 months, nearly a year, we worked together on projects without actually formalizing the partnership. Um, so we basically brought all the business into my business and then we, we uh, split the profits um, and until eventually took me probably that, that whole time to like get to the point where I thought, okay, this is going to be good for me, good for the business, good for him. And, uh, so we, we actually registered a, a formal company and we, we did a shareholders agreement and all of those things. Um, but it's been great. Like he, he has skill set that I don't have. Um, he also has like a personality that's different than mine. You know, we, we, um, I mean, I'm on this podcast because you, you do this thing for people with uh, ADHD and stuff. He's not like that, you know. So I've got like the creative side and I'm I'm really good at certain things. But the focus is one of the challenges that I have. But for him, it's different. Like he's a developer and he's able to to focus for long periods of time on one task. And so he kind of keeps us in line with a lot of things like um, I just want to try new things all the time. That's, you know, I, I like it. Once I know how to do something, I'm bored by it and I don't want to do it anymore. And so it's yeah. good to have someone who says like, bro, we, we actually have to finish what we started in this instance, you know, like we, we, we uh, uh, so from a personality point of view, it's working well, but from a skills perspective, point of view it's working really well as well and we're getting different clients in that we never would have gotten if it was just me um so there's some huge positives and um so far i mean we've been going about a year now uh together and it's going really well um it's complete different experience to what i had before obviously we've put some things in place because we know that it can get challenging even if someone's your best mate you can have a falling out you know so so we kind of decided to just if we're upset, just be honest and let's deal with it now before it's something that grows and then we end up parting ways or whatever, you know. So, so I mean, it's it's been really good, but I know that there will be challenges. Um, but, yeah. So, having that kind of person to keep you accountable, which can be yeah. really good, but has it has it changed the way you work as well? Do you kind of work set hours? Do you – I mean, do you um, – like that? So, what we tr- – so I was yeah, going to say, sorry. when you make these videos and stuff, kind of, is that kind of like, do you have set times for that or do you just? Um, no, I still struggle with that, to be honest. What what we do now is, so we both work from home. Uh, we've each got a small office at our, at our homes. And um, so what we try to do is at least three times a week to sit together and work. And when I sit with him, then I get heaps done because I feel bad to just, like stuff around you know like <laughs> while he's there i feel like in in an hour's time when we when we start talking again i have to say oh this is what i accomplished in the last hour you know so i feel like under a bit of pressure to get stuff done so that's been good um but it's uh, honestly still a huge challenge like often i'll get my best work done late at night when my kids and my wife are asleep and um, and so he understands that as well he's just had a baby uh, so he's also now doing late night because he's up with the baby and then he'll get some work done. And then he sometimes if he didn't get sleep, he'll sleep late in the morning. So there's a, there's a bit of understanding there. But for me, like it's a challenge. Sometimes in the day, I'm just, I don't know, I, I get nothing done. And then late at night when everyone's asleep and it's quiet, 
I'll just work till 2 a.m., which is not great for your health, I guess, but it's just, I don't know, it feels like just the way I am. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just got to embrace it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest challenge about it, especially when you want to um, kind of come forward and think, well, I need to do this. But yeah. if it doesn't work for you, it's, it's, there's no point doing that, is there? Yeah. But how does it work with um, like networking? Do you still do much networking or going out places kind of locally? And obviously you do a lot of stuff online. I see you speaking at a summit yeah. next month. Um, so how, how does that work? Do you do you get out much as yourself or your business partner? Um, we, we, yeah, we try to um, – well, I'm involved in the um, WordCamp uh, here in our city um, in the organizing committee. So we're involved in that, and then we try to go to as many of the WordPress meetups as we can. The The thing about that is, like, I don't really see those people as my competitors, but in, like, if, you, if you're objective about it, like, the, they are, you know. You go to a WordCamp, everyone's trying to sell people, well, not everyone, but the majority of people there are trying to sell WordPress websites to clients, and you're there teaching your competitors so you could think of it in that way, but it's it's networking, it's it's uh, brand building and building a personal brand and stuff. And that stuff takes a long time, but but eventually it pays off, you know. For for the most part, like I'm active on a few really good Facebook groups, and uh, that's kind of I mean that's how we met, and uh, that's where I've done most of my networking. I was able to go to Lee Jackson's event in in Wellingborough. Um, in April this year, and that was really cool. Nice to meet meet all of those people, you know. So, I mean, I, I try to get out, but we, I don't do any of the the BNR or the the Rotary Roundtable type things or anything like that. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I couldn't go to agency Trailblazer. Trailblazer. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. go to that. It's oh, not even far yeah. from my house. It's probably about thirty minutes. Oh, 60 no minutes. And um, I was at work in the the old job uh yes before you you went yeah. full time so I was, I was doing bits part-time just couldn't, couldn't get the time off that's um, kind of that, that those kind of things are what kind of like pushed me to like, leave at the end it was yeah. like the thought of working christmas and everything else but yeah so any plans to to come again to the uk or uh i, I it, it'll depend on finances um but i would love to if yeah. if uh if we got some if we got enough cash flow in the business, then we're hoping both me and my partner can come. It will be great. Yeah. Um, but right now, no. I wanted to buy those early bird tickets, but then I was like, what if I buy them and then I don't have enough for a plane ticket, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so we'll see. But hopefully we can be there, yeah. I really want to. Yeah. So when you're traveling and stuff, or when you do go traveling, do you, is it kind of like take the family with you and make a holiday out of it or? Uh, this last time I didn't, um, but that's going forward. That that would be the plan, definitely. So we started homeschooling our kids as well. My wife left her job and and started homeschooling our kids, which is it's amazing, but it's got its challenges as well. But it does mean that we'll be able to travel, you know. Yeah. So, um, so that that would be the plan. We also I was talking to to Martin as well and and saying you know maybe we could go to the uh, WordCamp Europe, which will be in in Porto in in Portugal next year, and if we do that, we'll we'll both take our families with and make a holiday out of it. You know, I think it's cool like to combine a work trip with a holiday trip because uh, you kind of kill two birds with one stone. You know, you can often get so stuck in work that you never take a break. 
Um, but if your business can play, pay your plane tickets to get overseas and then take your family with, then why not do that? Yeah. You know, I think it'd be cool. Definitely. Yeah. So what about homeschooling? Is that, is that difficult? Does it have its challenges with obviously trying to work from home as well? How yeah, do you find that? So I've got, yeah, we live in a relatively small place. Uh, for South Africa, it's small. It's probably like average size for the UK. <laughs> but um, it, we, so I've got a, a little a little office and I close the door and, um, you know, my wife's great. Like uh, if I say to her, uh, like I'm going to be on a call like this, um, then she'll keep the kids occupied and she'll she'll keep them quiet as, as much as possible. But just normal work during the day when I don't have these kinds of things, um, you know, the kids will run upstairs, knock on the door, hey, dad, come look at this thing, which like is, it's an, it's an amazing opportunity to be able to be at home with your children and like go look at the drawing they just did or, uh, you know, get excited for them. And I, I love that I can do that. But sometimes, especially when you have trouble focusing and you're like in the middle of something and now you get distracted. And then uh, and my daughter's just learning to read. So she started doing this thing where she wants to sit on my lap and type for me, you know. So I'll read out the words for her. But it takes like a minute to type like three words, <laughs> you know. So yeah. so I'll have those distractions during the day, which, like I said, it's a it's a good thing. It's great for my kids. It's, they, I can see like the growth in them and how good it's been for them. But it is a challenge for work. So sometimes I'll come, I, like right now I'm at my business partner's place. I'll come sit here or go to a coffee shop for a bit. And we've been looking at co-working spaces and doing maybe like a day or two days a week at a co-working space, which I think would be good for networking as well. But yeah, having kids at home the whole day is definitely a challenge. But uh at the same time, something I'm grateful for. So definitely, yeah. yeah. Like it can't be noisy, can't it? It's noisy, and I think the, the the biggest thing as well is when you're probably trying to do something, or you, know, you get out yeah. your work done, and then you kind of yeah. stop for a minute to you know, speak to a child. Did or, you did you ever see that? Uh, did you ever see that clip of the the like business analyst guy on the news or whatever? Yeah. He's sitting yeah. in his office, and then the kid comes in, yeah. and then. It, his wife's trying to crawl in and grab. Yeah. I, I, I keep thinking of that. Yeah, yeah. I keep <laughs> so, the door locked, so I'm here. Yeah, and the obviously because it's a the garage is kind of like connected to the house. Yes. So like previously, it wasn't. It was different in the old house. I'd be like kind of like a bit of the dining area, but it was. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It was lighter and had all this light, but now I'm in the garage and it's kind of locked up and I've got a big space. or will have, but yeah, you leave the door locked and the girls can kind of hear me. Because they're, they're not at school yet. Yeah. They're only like one or two. So Okay. Oh, wow. But that's that's super busy age as well, though, man. Yeah, wow. definitely. I've got older ones. The, the two boys are at school. But okay. like that, when they're here, it's like the door's open every five minutes. And if you're trying to get yeah, stuff yeah. done. And like that, then you don't get a lot done, do you? But Yeah. <laughs> so um, with focusing, when you're actually doing work and it's like a new piece and you're kind of excited or client projects... Do you find that really easy or do you still struggle or do you get bored because you've done something previously? Uh, no, that's, that's the, that's the cool part for me. The, the, the beginning, the new part. Um, I mean, it depends, I guess what the project is, but for the most part, like I love that creative problem solving process, that part of things, you know, when it's, when it feels challenging, then I'm interested. But as soon as it feels like, 
I could do this with my eyes closed, then then I start to get bored. Um, so I, I love that. I love that. Like trying to come up with a clever design or something like that. That part's like I'm really engaged in, and I can focus a lot. In fact, I'll probably sometimes I get like that hyper focus kind of thing where um, it'll annoy my wife sometimes because she's like, "Okay, we have plans to go out. We're gonna see people, or even on a Saturday or something, you know." Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to. Uh, you know, my, my brain won't switch off to like figure this thing out and then I'll just get like fixated on it. I got to I got to get this done. Not f- because I feel pressured to get it done, but because it's like, oh man, I, I, I like this process of being like immersed in this thing to try to figure it out. Um, so yeah, that's good. But I, I must say I've gotten better at like finishing off the stuff. Um, like, even though I get a bit bored, I still like, you know, when you're going to launch a website and you go through a checklist and you like, you know, have I done all the alt tags for the images and I have, I done all the, like that stuff is tedious. Um, but it helps me to have something like a checklist. Okay. So I know like a, now I'm going to sit down for two hours. I'm going to go through this checklist and make sure this website's ready to launch and I'm going to be bored, but I'm going to do it. And then I'll sit down and get it done, you know. So I've gotten better at that stuff. Um, but definitely, like, what comes naturally and easily is the is the beginning stages of stuff, yeah. Definitely. The, the fun stuff. But yeah, kind of, how do you stop yourself from, especially when you're creative, you've got all these ideas bouncing around, and say – You've been given a brief or you've you've gone through a project with a client, you've agreed on something, you've got a bill, they've paid you, and then you're kind of like, well, actually, we could add this, we could add that, we could add this. Because obviously it goes in your head that you could do this to make yeah. it better or you you could improve on what they've got. Or So how do you stop yourself from doing yeah. this kind of like free work? Oh, yeah, that is a challenge. Um, I think I've gotten to the point where I realise that it's bad for cash flow. <laughs> It's bad for like you know if I, if if someone's paying me a certain amount for a specific solution, uh, like often we'll we'll do extra because that's great for marketing and great for referrals, but to try to balance that with um, making sure we don't uh, overspend like the time budget on a on a certain project, uh, I think I've been burnt enough times to stop doing that and and what we try to do now is to pitch it to the client as a solution that will help them in their business. Do they want to add it on as an extra to the project, which is going to cost extra? Um, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to do uh, sometimes, but uh, I think, you know, that's kind of the way that, that it's been going for me lately instead of just – because you're right, that, that would happen to me so much. I'll do so much extra stuff. And it's cool if the client realizes and they – and they're stoked about it, but sometimes they won't even notice. <laughs> and then it's like, oh man, what did I spend? Like I spent like 15 extra hours on this project that I didn't need to spend. And yeah, so. Oh, yes, please. So I'll get a cup of tea made. Yes, please. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, shouting away. No worries. That's because the door's it's locked. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, th- but I think it is really, it's difficult not to do that, especially when you're like that. It's because that's what you like doing. Like you might, I don't know, whether yeah. it's a landing page or something cool to the actual website. And you're kind of like, yeah. 
you're doing that. They've not asked for it, but you're doing it anyway because it's it's enjoyable, isn't yeah. it? And then you get to the it boring is, stuff, yeah. the kind of stuff that you need to do, and it's it's hard to do that. So does yeah. does having this uh, a business partner help with kind of like pulling you back in and keeping you on track? Yeah, definitely. Um, like even today, we're we're busy updating the Lonely Viking website, and uh, like I just it's it's something that I'm like, yeah, we must do it, we must do it, we must do it. But this morning he was like okay let's sit together and actually do it now um you know <laughs> and so I, I wouldn't have gotten that done this morning but because he was here he, and he's like no we got to do this we actually got a, a whole bunch done which is great yeah cool and then for anyone that's kind of no matter what business they're in they want to start like a brand and yeah you know, a brand more, obviously you know this better than I do, but a brand isn't a logo, it's it's everything. No, and yeah. I think as well, if, if you're trying to start a company and you, I think a lot of people when they start out, they, they need to think they need to be a certain, like not just the name, like you, you're like creative or studios or all this to, to kind of yeah. appear to be something. And some people you see them come across in business speaking like a certain way, they wouldn't speak in real life and in all their yeah. marketing materials, you put it out there and you think, well, I've got to speak like this because this is a business. It's not me anymore. And I think people get lost, don't they? And it takes some, some people don't ever figure oh, that do, out. Yeah. It's like years. So when you're working with someone either on creating a new brand or revamping their brand to actually give them some kind of identity, how do you start that process? Yeah. So it's a, it's a process of just asking questions, really um, going through a whole bunch of questions. And then, to try to help them to understand what what branding is or what branding can uh, what can actually be involved in your branding how, how holistic branding really is you know uh, it touches every part of your business and so the first thing i will uh, go through is the fact that branding is all about differentiation uh, memorability and um, consistency so those are the three things that you really want to hit um, like, like, think about the. For their clients, hundreds of thousands of people who do that. So, how do you differentiate yourself? Um, why, if, if, uh, King Huxo Creative and someone else, like, what would it be about your brand that would make them think, I want to work with? those guys you know um and so to start thinking around that process and then um I, I like to explain branding also as like a book so when you're doing branding you get to write the book um and you get to you, you get to be the one who controls the narrative of the story you know so you want to create like a story around around your brand um and then if you think of a book like the cover the cover is what draws somebody in, but it's not uh, what keeps them engaged. It's the content that keeps them engaged. So like you said, a logo is not a brand, but a logo is something that makes your, your brand identifiable and hopefully is attractive. And then when people start asking more questions, uh, they can start to find out like what is, the, what is actually the content of this brand? What's the story? Um, and so I will go through that process of and it'll involve a whole bunch of things. Who's your ideal client? What are your what are your uh, values that you that you have as a brand? Um, 
all of those things. And then from answering those questions, uh, we can start to develop a brand um, and even like a brand language. Like you said, people will start to, to speak in a way that's not them because they, they feel like, well, I have to appeal to uh, big corporates and that's how you do that. You say kind regards at the end of your email and you, you know, all of those things. Whereas when people start to realize that when you've got a, a specific set of values and a specific set of goals that you want to achieve, you can then use that to determine, well, who do I want to work with? And then you can develop an ideal client. And from there, your language can be whatever you want it to be, essentially, as long as it's targeted towards that. And if that target is is something that, that fits with you and your personality, it just makes it so much easier um, because you get to you get to just be yourself. And then, like you said, mentioned earlier, yes, you lose you lose a whole bunch of work, um, but it it's kind of work that you're happy to lose because it doesn't really fit with or align with the goals and values that you have for your brand in the first place. Uh, so it's basically a process of going through that and helping people to understand that not everybody is your client. Um, so it's okay to to make a statement and be a certain way. It's okay to lose out on some business. Like recently, we had uh, someone come to us for marketing, and they they sell um, engineering supplies, uh, seals and stuff for for big machinery. And so we asked them, so who's your ideal client? And they said, uh, anyone with money who needs engineering supplies. <laughs> now, I think of trying to go onto Google Ads and creating ads to find those people. I mean, it's it's virtually impossible. You have to narrow it down, and and branding is is part of that process. You know, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think it's a. It's- Especially when you start a business, I think most people have this kind of idea of what you need to be, how you need to appear, and yeah. it can take a while. Some people get it anyway. Some people just understand that and kind of know, don't they? But some people can take years. We're not when we had yeah. Hookso Digital Media, so like years ago, it was a social media agency, and luckily some some of the work came just because of people are new. We're getting all this different work in, mainly graphic work. I don't, I'm not a graphic designer, so a lot of the work I was getting mm. in was outsourced, and it kind of we were doing some really big work for big people, but it was just coming in because, yeah. because of who I knew. And they were just getting bogged yeah. down with all this stuff and it wasn't what I wanted to do, who I was. or And <clears throat> it was that inconsistency then when you're speaking to people, how you're coming across and everything. Yeah, just, exactly. It does take its toll, doesn't it? But also you're not kind of getting the right people that you want to work with. And I think you have to be really, yeah. really like that, clear on who you want to work with, who you're going to help. But Yeah. So... When you've done this kind of process, you've kind of got an idea of what this company is trying to be or what they're going to be. What's the first thing you do? Do you deliver like a logo? Do you deliver like a like a brand kind of ID? Do they come up with that and you do it with them? Or No, so we generally will design the logo first. Um, and along with that, like the color palette. Um, and so... I don't know how other people do it, but for me, I just like to have the logo first. I like to be able to see. Um, obviously, we've got a general idea of of uh, you know what what would be good as a logo because we have all the content from the discovery. Um, but then once the logo is done, then we'll create like a brand style guide, which has uh, 
you know, it's got typography and it's got correct and incorrect usage of the logo. It's got like um, how you would use the logo on images. Um, it's got like even, the, and it depends how deep someone wants to go and what their budget is, but we'll even do things like brand language. Um, like we re- recently did one where the language of the brand was casual corporate. So uh, the guy who started the business used to be in corporate, but he, he, uh, he wanted to, to do something outside of corporate, but still attract like, like medium sized corporates, you know? So the, the, the kind of style of the language was like a corporate with jeans on or something like that. I can't remember how we phrased it, but, um, and then it, with that, we'll even, we'll, we'll give a list of words to use a list of words to avoid, um, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it can, it can go pretty deep. Um, so it just like it depends on on what the client's looking for, what their budget is. But uh, yeah, cool. So yeah, with with anyone who's starting starting a business, because a lot of people, especially with ADHD, will say to me that like, I was the same. And I think you've probably obviously you've had other businesses. You want to do stuff. Some people are kind of want to start ten businesses rather than one. You get a lot of people. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to start a business. Which one? Well, I've got this idea, this idea, this idea, and you know, and they they'll struggle to then go forward with one. They'll put five businesses at yeah. once, and then plan to start the others, and all this kind of thing. So, when someone's trying to launch their business and give themselves an identity, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's probably not got much of a budget or wants to start themselves and try and build something? Yeah, uh, I would say. Um, so I, I still struggle with that. I have a thousand and one ideas and I want to do all of them, <laughs> but, um, I think experience and again, having the business partner that I do helps me to focus on, on just one or two things. But I think what I would say to someone like that starting out is, um, is, is try to pick one and, uh, okay. So let me go back a, a few steps. If you can't pick one, then pick a few and try to get validation for those ideas. And this is a difficult thing to do because no one wants to hear that their idea is bad. (laughs) But it's much better hearing that your idea is bad than trying to work on that idea for three years and then finding out that it's bad. And so to, to take that first step to figure out, okay, if I've got all these ideas, which one is the best one? either the one that excites you the most or the one that's the most likely to succeed. And then to do that, like I said, you've got to ask people, ask the right people who will be honest and who actually know something. Um, is this a good idea? And ask them to give you problems with that idea. What do you think? What do you think are potential problems? Now, like you could do something like a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, um, whatever the other two are, I don't even remember now, <laughs> no, no, no. but yeah. um, <laughs> objections, maybe, I don't know. Um, you could do that, but as for someone like that who struggles, um, it might be difficult, but it, what's easy is asking people, you know, what are, what do you think are potential things that could make this fail? And then assess out of all of those, which one is, is the most likely to succeed and then focus on that. And then from there, um, branding you know, it's, it's cool to be able to pay someone like me to build a, 
to work on your brand, but anyone can do it. You just need to ask the right questions. You can find a questionnaire. I'm working on one to put on our site that people can download. Um, but you can find them online and you can just go through that questionnaire um, for yourself. Like there'll be questions like, um, if your brand was a person, what three words would you use to describe it? And you can go through like a questionnaire like that and it, it, it can be a challenging process, but it helps you to get a focus on, uh, you know, how, how, how are we going to go forward with this one idea? Um, and then if you can make one idea successful, then, and you can put processes in place and get someone else to work on that, then you can start working on something else, you know, that would be my advice. Um, although having said that, you know, it's still difficult for me just to focus on one thing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think I think a lot of people as well when they when they get to like you say like the kind of questionnaire, some people get kind of overwhelmed and just stop at the thought of you yeah. know, filling things in or kind of answering these questions because there's there's so much there. Mm. But seeing that's out the there nice seeing thing about happens. having. Yeah, sorry. That's the nice thing about having someone to ask the questions. Yeah, and to push you to answer them um, because. It's much easier to sit and talk like we're doing now than it is to sit in front of Google Docs and write down the answers, you know. Um, and so even sometimes uh, when I need to to get certain things done, I'll um, give my wife a list of questions and then she'll like interview me and uh, take down my answers. And then like so you could even do that if you if you can't afford to pay someone who does branding, get one of those questionnaires. Get someone that you know to actually ask you those questions and write down the answers for you, because like it's easy to talk off the top of your head about about stuff. Well, when you're sitting in front of a document, I don't know, maybe it's just people like us, but it's a challenge for me staring at a block of text and then saying, "Okay, well, this is how I would explain the values of my brand." But if someone's asking you the right questions and you just talk, it's kind of much easier way to do it. Yeah. And I think as well with it, with like you say, when you're looking at a blank screen, I think a lot of people, rather than look at the the one single question, will get struggle with the fact that there's more coming up. They'll see the other stuff, yeah. and you're, you're thinking, "Oh, it's different," but you don't need to do that. Whereas a conversation, you hear a question, you answer the question. Yeah, exactly. It's much easier. Yeah, I like that idea. Get someone, get someone else to kind of ask you the stuff. And obviously, as well, yeah. if for anyone, if they do this and you want to kind of transcribe that rather than go back and listen to it or type it up or have someone write down your answers, record it and go through rev.com. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For a 10 minute yeah, question, it's, it's, it's even $10. Better, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really cool way of looking at it. And for yourself then going forward, what are the plans with like either your brand and as Shane Riley, as the kind of the, the front of Lonely Viking, what are your plans? Are you going to carry on? Do you want to be as involved as you are now? Do you want to kind of step away a, a little bit and do other things? Um, no, I, I, I want to be involved. Um, we're trying to, uh, Martin and I are trying to, to grow a business rather than just be two freelancers who work together, you know. So we've got some uh, people who work with us now. But what we're trying to do is is put processes in place so that a lot of stuff can happen without us. At the moment, um, I I speak to and and uh, am in contact with every single client that we get. 
and so is Martin. So we kind of make up the sales team and then we also make up the team who, who produces most of the work. Um, so what we want to do is try to uh, do more of the – well, I, I do. I want to do more marketing uh, content creation and um, – and then we'd like to get processes in place where other people can deal with clients and actually f start and finish off a whole web project without uh, us needing to get involved. So I, I do want to be involved in the business. I, I, I don't know that I'll ever s stop doing that, but I, I like doing this kind of thing. Uh, I like doing the networking. I like doing, uh, I've got a little YouTube channel. I like doing that content creation. But I just don't get much time to do that at the moment. So I'd like to focus more on that. And then we've got some other plans. We, we're currently working on our first um, WordPress plugin, um, which is a little bit niche, but it's cool. And then we've got some other WordPress plugin ideas. We want to start to create um, products that we can sell over and over and over. Like, you, you know, getting a website client is, is, a, is difficult, you know, like uh, – and if your if your income is based on that, you've got to get new clients every single month, um, and it can it can produce that feast and famine cycle, which no, nobody loves. And uh, so we're trying to productize some of our services and uh, create some WordPress plugin products, so that we can, you know, we got a friend who's who's got a WordPress plugin business and. It's relatively small, but he says it's so cool waking up in the morning and seeing on Slack that you sold three subscriptions, you know, while you were sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's kind of the dream. I don't want to stop doing client work. I actually love client work. But what I'd like to do is 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 do fewer client projects and have some products that we sell that that kind of that with that recurring income that that floats the boat and then we can we can make some cream on the top with projects and then what's cool then is also you can you can decide what projects you want to work on because like like we were talking about earlier that that excitement that, that thing like if there's a project that's exciting i'm super keen to work on it but sometimes you take on work because you need work um not because you're excited and and so if if client works not the bread and butter anymore i can just say well I don't really want to work on that, so we're too busy, yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. I think that's kind of like my ideal future would be be working on client projects, but only the ones that really excite me, and then uh, doing content creation and and uh, doing make building some products. Cool. So, what about your first WordPress plugin? How yeah. that? Obviously, is it Plutio Press? Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. how did that come about? Well, so we're, we're working on another product as well. So, you know, this whole WAS craze that's going on. I think that's how people pronounce it, websites yeah, as a service. Yeah, yeah. So we got involved in that maybe 18 months ago. We got WP Ultimo. We started setting that up on a multi-site environment. And so the plan is to, to create a um, websites as a service for churches and then uh, paired together with that is a, a monthly subscription graphic design service. So a church would come, they would get a, a professionally designed website, and they would get monthly graphic design for a flat rate. Um, but then we we were like, we want to use Plutio is our project management system, and we wanted to use that to manage all the projects. But we 
the the challenge with Plutio is that you've got to give your clients a login and then they can then they can log into Plutio and interact with you. And even though we white labeled it, um, we give login details to clients and they will never log in. So the, uh, the, the challenge with clients is, and even me, I hate having lots of logins. So they've now got a login for their WordPress website. You give them a login for their support. You give them a login for uh, your project management system and they never log into any of it. And so we, we decided we want to make their website the portal for them to do absolutely everything. So what we've done is we've created a, a WordPress plugin for Plutio using the API. We integrated it so that inside of their WordPress website, they can go and um, create a task and it syncs into our Plutio where us and our team manage all the tasks. And then it gives them task status and everything. And, and they never have to log in uh, to, to another system. Uh, we're also building a dashboard where they can uh, buy upsell services um, and stuff like that, you know. So, so they'll be able to log into their website and everything they need, like to open a support ticket or request a task, they'll be able to do from within there. So that's how we came up with the idea for that plugin. And, and it's very niche. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make a pro version that we'll try to sell, but I, I don't envision us selling like a huge amount of them. I mean, there are Plutio users, at, but we 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 spent the time and effort and money on building it because it's something we're gonna use, um, and then we'll see if we can sell it as well. I think there'll be a free version, which is pretty cool. But yeah. Exciting times, but th- these are the things though. Yeah. We start, you, you build something for yourself, and that's how it takes off because mm. other people have got the same problem and they find that rather than trying to think of a workaround. Is so actually this yeah. is going to save me time. It will save other people time, and hopefully it will take off for you. So, yeah, yeah, really cool. thank you. <laughs> and uh, I, I, the thing with logins as well, when you, when you're giving someone a login, you say right, log into this, do that, and like that, they'll either do one. I'm not the rest. Or then you'll be getting emails kind of, yeah. can you do this? Can you do that? Don't need me from here. Do this. So I'll, so I'll deal with it in a different way. And people don't do that, do they? Yeah. No, it's a challenge, man. I, yeah. I see even for your podcast, you send out like so many reminder emails, <laughs> which is great. I yeah. need them. Yeah. But I'm, sh- I'm sure most of your guests need them, you know? So it's cool. Yeah. So the podcast hasn't been, if you, if you look at the podcast, there's not been an episode for a while because obviously moving house and, having things going on with like work and the kids, but I've yeah. had like some illness in the family as well. But, but like that, the, oh, the podcast, no, it's, it's good now. It's, it's getting better. But, but like that, we, we had, um, yeah. always interview books. I had like a, a doctor with ADHD. Um, I've, I've emailed, uh, I interviewed a really good lady in America last year. Um, Dr. Dawn Brown, she was brilliant. But a lot of these people will be yeah. like experts in ADHD or they're doing really big things. And I spoke to them through like LinkedIn and messaged them. Yeah, that's great. We'll do this. And then I've I've sent them a link. We're booked in, and then we forgot. And a lot of the time, it, yeah. it's them. People haven't turned up, or I've missed something yeah. really simple. I've, every every time I've done it, I've tried to like fine tuned it every time. Like there's a couple of times where I yeah. didn't check the Skype ID they gave me. I've gone to interview okay. someone. I can't get hold of them. And I've kind of emailed them. I don't hear back for like a few days. It's like, well, I'm sat yeah. here waiting to interview. I've booked the time out. I've got some quiet time. I've done my homework and this person, I've, I've just not caught up with it at all. So some people yeah. have kind of like fizzled off. Some of them must have rescheduled kind of 10 times. 
I've got a lady who turned up last week and like that. I've, it happens, doesn't it? And then this time yeah. I thought, well, with the booking software, but like a boss, I've, I've added like the, the SMS. So I'll put in the phone yeah, number if someone cool. gives that. And it, it, I get that as well. So when you get an email, I'll get an email. And uh, and the mm. SMS, like earlier, obviously I know this is there because I'm kind of drilling it into my head as well that I've got an interview. But I'm yeah. getting text messages saying, look, you've got an interview in a minute. And it's, it makes such a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it was really good, I thought. Yeah. But but I think like that, I think the the, the biggest thing about kind of, of doing anything and staying on track is obviously consistency. And yeah staying on task like being able yeah. to rem- remind yourself to do these little things yeah um, but so how did you manage the uh the the kind of day day-to-day running the business do you do you have set tasks do you get up and spend a certain amount of time doing something before you move on to something else or is it just kind of do what you do what you want or what comes into your head um no, so we have the project management system uh, in Plutio, and uh, I try to check that in the mornings and and see what there is to do. Um, I do still struggle, though. I've started to use my calendar a lot. I realized that I, ha- I have to put things in the calendar. So things like client meetings, things like this, um, and, I, and I put like three or four notifications, like the day before two hours before, an hour before, and 30 minutes before. Um, so I constantly get reminded of those things. So I've learned that I've, I've, got to, I've got to put stuff in my calendar. Otherwise, I will just forget about it. Um, <clears throat> then, like I said, three, roughly three days a week, I'll sit with Martin, and we will discuss what needs to get done most urgently, and then, we'll, and then I'll, I'll focus on that stuff. Um, on the other two days, it's it's a little bit like you know what whatever goes. Like yesterday is Sunday, and I I saw someone on the Elemental group post a a question: How can I achieve this one thing? And then I just got fixated on creating a tutorial for my YouTube channel <laughs> to answer this dude's question. And I spent like four hours yesterday wow. creating a <laughs> a YouTube video that, that I uploaded, and and like just to comment on this. You know, and then I was like, oh, man, it's cool that I created more content, but, like, I spent four hours on a Sunday, <laughs> like, because I just got fixated on doing this thing. So, so yeah, I tried, to, I tried to get structure, but stuff like that will happen. It just, you know, and it used to frustrate me a lot more than it does now. Like I said earlier, I kind of just started to embrace. Um, and same with Martin. Like, he will often say to me, like, I'll, I'll like, complain, oh, man, I'm so unfocused or whatever. And then he'll say, yeah, but it's it's part of who you are. It's it's actually part of what makes you so creative and come up with great ideas. So don't like be too hard on yourself about it. You know, there, it's like a double-edged sword. Like there's there's the there's the side of it that really sucks, but there's the other side that's actually kind of a blessing. You know, so um, I try I try to think about it like that a little bit more. Like what I did yesterday, spending those hours on creating that content. Like a year ago, they would have pissed me off. I would have been like, man, you wasted like a whole day, like, and you should have been with your kids. Um, but now I'm like, you know, it's kind of it's kind of part of who I am, and it's actually partly the success that I've seen in my life is partly because of that. Uh, so you got to take the good with the bad, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I went off the question there. But to answer your question, <laughs> I, I do try to keep uh, I do try to keep structure, but. If I'm honest, it, it doesn't always work. 
Yeah. Good. It's a bit of a balancing act. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like that, though. Yeah. But, but you recognise that, and at least you're kind of like working with it. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. If you, if you kind of get yourself kind of into this kind of fit into like a certain, you know, structure or shape, that's, I think that's when you get down about it anyway. You know, if you just roll yeah. with it, and, and I mean, you've done that, you've created the content, it's four hours, but you've put the content on YouTube straight away. Is um, It's obviously, if you, we'll get YouTube channel after as well for people to look. But that video there is really oh, helpful. Yeah. I looked, I watched it last night and I've I seen the same question pop up. Oh, cool. Um, about the, the black logo. Yeah. Is that the right? Yeah, that's it. So, that's the one, yeah. So look, that's it. And, and I looked at that and so I seen it yesterday, read it, and then later on I was like, wow, he's made a video straight away about that. And so it was really cool, but you've done yeah. that. And obviously then <laughs> people can learn about that. People can learn about Elementor, but also you, you're putting that yeah. content out there. And then for, for years to come then, hopefully people can be looking and yeah. finding one of your videos as well, actually. Shane's taught me how to do this and build a website like this. I'll actually look at this one yeah. as well. So fingers crossed it'll pay off in the long run. Cool. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So um, what kind of tools can you, if you think about a tool that you can't live without, what tool will you use every single day? We'll, we'll not mention Plutio because we talked about that. We can drop a link yeah. in the show notes. What are the tools? Yeah. Would you say you can't um, live without in your business? We have G Suite for business that I don't think we would live without. We collaborate on docs, uh, all of our email, all of that stuff. Um, so that one, like, you don't even notice. Well, I don't even notice because I use it all day for various different tasks. Um, besides that, um, I think Zapier is pretty cool. We got we automate as a bunch of stuff, um, and that helps a lot. Uh, especially if you if you someone like like me who hates repetitive, tedious tasks, I take the challenge of creating an automation once, and then a whole bunch of stuff gets done for me. So I love that. So we use that quite a bit. And then in terms of of web website building we we use elementor page builder most of it for most of of our things and i've i've grown to love it and to figure out how to do a bunch of things with it that um save us time and stuff like that i mean we can we can build sites without it if we need to um but it definitely speeds up the process so i'd say probably those three cool i love elementor yeah yeah, I, I cool. um, from, from like joining like WordPress Salvation, like a couple of years back, and joining it, obviously you remember yeah. as well. But when I read about yeah. Elementor, I tried Beaverville Builder. It just it just wasn't for yeah. me. And then I got Elementor and I played around with it, and I just fell in love with it. And obviously, if you pay yeah. for Elementor, it just gets better and better. The constant adding yeah, to it, it and does. The things you can do with Elementor now, like you would have needed five five tools for all these different plugins for yeah definitely like yeah. form builders and yeah, pop-ups awesome. and, yeah it's amazing yeah but cool so anyone wants to look up you or lonely viking whereabouts can they find you apart from lonelyviking.com what youtube channel um yeah the youtube channel is just called lonely viking so it's youtube.com slash c slash lonely viking um and then we've got a small facebook group um it's called the lonely viking group for web professionals or something i think i'm going to change the name though because uh having the brand name at the start like uh i think is confusing for people they don't really know what they're joining so the growth has been a bit slow 
Uh, so I'll probably change the name of that this week. But we got that Facebook group, which is quite cool. Like people can come there and ask questions about WordPress and Elementor, and I'm very active on there, uh, answering questions and sharing interesting content that I find while I'm doing stuff. Um, and then I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not super active. I should probably be more active on there. Uh, we've got an Instagram account that I probably last posted to about a year ago. <laughs> so I have all these plans, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep Instagram updated or whatever, but so I, I guess the main one is, is Facebook. Um, we've got our own lonely Viking Facebook group there, but I'm also on like uh, Lee's group and, uh, the admin bar. I'm quite active in there. So many cool people, friends that I made there. So there's Facebook and then the YouTube channel. I guess that, that, like at the start of this year, we decided to focus on those two things, Facebook and YouTube. So, Cool. And then finally, yeah. last question is, um, especially when you've been doing these, these work camps over in South Africa, um, can you recommend someone that could reach out to interview that you think would be useful? For the um, yeah, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but I can definitely let you know. Uh, yeah, cool. I, I have, yeah, there's loads of people, I'm sure, actually. They don't have Sweet. to be from South Africa, but, but it's, it's nice to get a different yeah. of people that don't kind of like see you here on podcasts that I listen to all the time and kind of, yeah. the same kind of guests on. I like to mix it up then, yeah. so it's not all the same, but... Yeah, it's really cool. cool. Okay, sweet. Cool. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, thanks ever so yeah. much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast, the number one resource for entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs with ADHD. Please be sure to subscribe, and if you found this episode useful, please do leave a review. If you have any questions or if you want to speak to other business owners just like you, join us in our free Facebook community. Head to entrepreneur.com forward slash group to join. And finally, this episode was brought to you by Hoxo Creative, the web agency that helps your business stand out and get results. If you want to find out how you can get better results from your website or social media efforts, head over to the blog at hoxo.co.uk where you'll find a number of free resources. Thank you.